I mean, it's been beautiful weather, so it was, it was great to get out. Yeah. It's nice to be outside and away from people for the most part right. and breathing fresh air. Which I know sounds weird because you're like inside your house away from people all the time, but <laughs> it's uh, it's good weather to uh, light uh, dumpsters on fire too. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's prime dumpster dumpster fire season, you know. <laughs> that late spring. Sure. Wait, I thought I thought we weren't talking about the Knicks this week. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is May 31st, 2020, and this is episode 454. This show, we're going to discuss games 6 and 7 of the 98 Pacers-Bulls Eastern Conference Finals. Joining me are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, no shout-outs this week, America. You uh, haven't earned it. So. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. America's on notice. That's right. Uh, from Houston, Texas, is our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Um as Jason uh, alluded to, um, the home of your Indiana Pacers, uh, Indianapolis, as well as many other cities around the country are hurting right now. Um, very sad time. And um, I want to specifically shout out uh, Catherine uh, Gafrida and huge fan of the show, uh, Connie Lee um, and their family um, who own Mikado. Uh, that restaurant is been damaged with all the riots and um just sending out uh love and support to um them specifically but also everybody around the country and from boise idaho out west it's our enforcer john harper what's going on fellas seems like there might be some enforcing for you to to do there's no no shortage of work in your area you'll notice that boise is (laughs) fine we have no protests That is a that is a valid point. Uh, Boise is on lock <laughs> with the enforcement. You know, you 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 lived in other cities that uh, they're protesting right now. So I, clearly, someone did not fill in the vacuum behind me for Dang. enforcement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what the national guard's for, right? <laughs> Makes your uh, MVE uh, case even stronger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
So you're the first line of defense and then the National Guard, right? Yep, in that order. Yep. Okay. Nothing in between. <laughs> I think this show, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to have to go back and look. I think this is the first show that we've ever done while in, uh, in quarantine and a curfew at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Breaking boundaries so, as usual. Yeah, this is definitely the first first episode under martial law. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still uh, allowed to do the show? <laughs> stay safe, America. I don't know. Um, I don't think they can stop the airwaves yet, right? We can still post this. I Only one way to find out. Don't know. Yeah. Before we get into the show, we'd like to let you know you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to the unbeatables.com slash Amazon, it kicks a small percentage of your sale back to us. Uh, it helps support whatever it is that we do here. Colson, what, what is, what do you, what, how would you describe is what you do here? <laughs> uh, you're looking at it, buddy. <laughs> oh man so yeah a lot, a lot going on in this uh, you guys remember the good old days when all we had to worry about was uh, the pandemic that was tearing through our planet mm-hmm. 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 that was yeah. awesome I missed those days that was great yeah our innocence <laughs> cool cool mm-hmm. um, <laughs> how are you guys holding up with all this like stuff are you uh, Colson, are you pressing know. all the panic buttons? Are you... Yeah, no, I'm not good. I mean, I, okay. I, 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 I just um... not either. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Strongly yeah. opinionated. Mm-hmm. As as well she should be. I no, I'm I'm uh, you know I know we don't we don't talk much about politics because this is an escape pod. <laughs> Actually, I wish it was an escape pod. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> I would I would Shout take that SpaceX. right. I would yeah. take that right now. Um, but no, I'm just, like I said in the opening, I'm just incredibly sad. Like, we're over 100,000 deaths from COVID. We're we're nearing, uh, you know, 25% unemployment. And um, our major cities are um, rioting every night. So um, I've, I've been kind of glued to social media and TV. Um, I was telling Joey earlier. That's it, healthy. It reminds, well... <laughs> It's not great, but I feel like, it, it, you know, like when like Hurricane Katrina or like 9-11, like you somehow feel like if you can consume enough information that somehow it'll make a difference or sometime, somehow it'll make it better. Um, it's an irrational feeling, but it's it's also a feeling that comes from helplessness, I mm-hmm. think. And I, I definitely have that sense right now. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I. uh Last night was was talking to Jill. I was just like super upset. I was like, I got to do something, but I don't know what I I can do. Like I do, I would go down and protest, but I I it doesn't seem like a safe thing to do. I mean, I understand the anger of the crowd and I'm completely uh, sympathetic with the wrongs that they're. Um, that have been going on in this country for, for much, much too long. Right. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, what is the Martin Luther King quote? Like, like riots are the, 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 vo- the, the words of the voiceless or something yeah, like that. Uh, Jason, actually, I don't want to interrupt you, but you prompted me and I'd like to read this. Oh, <laughs> it's from, okay. it's Great. from, uh, 1967. 
Martin Luther King. Um, Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these recurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantors of riot prevention. Hmm. Uh, he was pretty good at what he did, little Martin Luther King. Yeah. I don't know how to follow that up. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he is like, come on, let's light this dumpster on fire. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, uh, so be safe. Uh, make your voice heard, and uh, find. Find a find a mechanism to uh, express yourself safely. I guess, maybe. I don't know. It's a lot to process. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot sure. to process. So let's talk about something that really doesn't matter. Something that happened uh, twenty two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> the ninety eight Pacers Bulls Eastern Conference Finals. It was game six. We covered the first uh, five already in the last couple shows, but uh, games six and seven uh, we're talking about tonight. So, Jason, take us into the you take us into the the last two games here. Where, where were we when we last left off? All right, so we we left off with a discussion of um, perhaps the most disgusting game in in Pacers uh, basketball history. Um, game five uh, in Chicago. Uh, Sons Jalen Rose, who was uh, suspended for dubious reasons. Uh, we won't get into the conspiracy theories now because I'm, you know, trying to avoid purveying conspiracy talk. I don't want to get um, censored by Twitter, Facebook. So, anyway, the Pacers got blowed out in Game Five, down three to two. So backs against the wall, one loss, and we're gone. Uh. The nice thing is this series moves back to uh, Market Square Arena. The fans are rabid. Jalen Rose is back. Uh, Reggie Miller is is a day or two more healed from his ankle injury. Uh, and and the Pacers in this game six um, don't exactly exact revenge in the way uh, we wanted them to. But they do put on a heck of a show, and uh, this game 
was back and forth the entire way. I found myself watching this game and being extremely nervous the entire time. I don't know what your you guys' experience of it were. I didn't I didn't remember specifics from this game as I was watching, and I I can only imagine myself oh so many years ago watching this game and being freaked out the entire game. Colson, I imagine you felt the same way. Yeah, I was definitely transported back to that game. Um, I was um, at my cousin's wedding, um, mm. and um, I basically went into the bar and uh, you know after dinner and just watched this. Um, they had a TV there because um, it was like at a I don't know a hotel or something. I don't know, but I. I um, and I was only eighteen. I don't. I mean, yeah, I, you were not twenty-one. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, but you know, it was a wedding. I was definitely drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably freshman year of college, right? Um, yeah. And I um, remembering Travis Best's heroics is what came back to me, um, but mm-hmm. also just the just the nerves and the it's back and forth. I can't remember. I, I think they said there were seventeen or eighteen lead changes in this game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seventeen lead change. Twenty lead changes. Seventeen hmm. ties. Seventeen ties. My goodness. Um. The. Uh. The thing that I did forget because I remembered basically in my memory just kind of the 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 end of the fourth quarter. Uh. Was this is really the Rick Smith's Dale Davis show? We just pound them down low. Um. And and uh, it's beautiful to watch. Like. Dale Davis has a, a career playoff high with 19 points. We don't really go to him for offense. And uh, shows up in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, things start out, like you said, uh, it's the, the first quarter is all Smiths and, and Dale Davis, basically. Um but the Bulls are, are right there. I was uh, impressed with the championship pedigree of these guys. Um, you knew the Pacers were going to come out and fight like, uh, you know, whatever, a cat trapped in a paper bag or something like that. What is your saying? <laughs> no, that's a defensive <laughs> thing. Uh, anyway, it's kind of back and forth. Uh, after the first quarter, we're even 24 to 24. Um, second yeah. quarter, much of the same. It's just this game is so close. Like Harper, are there, were there things that stood out to you? Uh, in I mean, game? first half, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, clearly, us establishing some post position and taking care of our matchups down there helped create a little room for shooters. Right. Um, you know, giving those big boys some candy, they definitely, and probably being berated by Larry Bird, got them to set better screens, which oh, yeah, <laughs> made a big yeah, difference yeah. in the offense for sure. We were definitely uh, putting bodies on people and making them pay when they tried to get into the paint. Michael Jordan was great in the first, just didn't get any help. Like we, you know, they play tough. We should have been ahead after that first quarter, but they just, they've got that knack for sticking around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Second quarter, Jordan cools off a little bit. He gets to the line, but I mean, it's more of the same. It's just a scrappy team being scrappy, even when things aren't going in for him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Pacers get up by 
got up by 10 or something, right, at some point in the second quarter. Uh, late in the second quarter, by like two and a half minutes left, Pacers are up 10. Um, and really, we're in a position to sort of go into to halftime and sort of extend that lead and really make it tough on the champs. Um, but they, uh, you know, go crazy on us basically <laughs> and close yeah. down the half. Um, you know, Pippen hits a three and, uh, Jordan gets to the line a couple times and, uh, yeah, it's only a three point game at halftime. Yeah, which is incredibly frustrating, you know, because yeah. everything's working except for Reggie Miller, right? So Reggie mm-hmm. is cold AF, right? Like, he just can't hit anything. But Jackson hits, like, three threes in the first half. Yeah. Jackson um, can't miss. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Smits is six and six of six to start. Um, like we said, uh, Dale Davis is just abusing Kukoc in the post. Um, which is just fun for everybody. It was. Mm-hmm. It was just great. Um, they brought in Rodman, and he gave us a bunch of trouble, I thought, with his activity. Um, but Rose comes in with good energy. Um, hits Came a great, in and made an impact like, know, right away. And it was like, right yeah, away. Yep. Could have used this guy in game five. Thanks, NBA. <laughs> sure could have. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We were also doubling Michael Jordan, um, which is something we hadn't done previously in the season. We're forcing mm-hmm. the ball out of his hands in that second. You said he cooled off. Um, part of that is our uh, our attacking defense. Um, he's we're forcing other people to score, um, but yeah, Pippen's real good. Um, at one point, he takes on four dudes and scores an and one. Um, and you know, if 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 Miller wasn't so cold, because he definitely takes a lot of shots in that first half, we'd be up more. Um, it was a great quarter. It was like the second quarter was fantastic, except for those mm-hmm. last two minutes. Yep. Um, and you're right, you're only up three, and it's really frustrating because <laughs> everybody's playing perfect ball, almost. And, yep. um, you know, you're only up three on the defending champs. That's right. And yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and especially given how lopsided the third quarters throughout the series have been, mm-hmm. not only does Chicago do what all Phil Jackson teams seem to do, close out the second quarter well, but, you know, you, you got to be nervous going into that third, the way that they've made adjustments coming out of the locker room and, and have consistently been able to turn it, you know, ratchet up the defensive pressure on us and really make us suffer. Yeah, that was going to be exactly what I was going to say because they came out of the break and uh, really put it on us there. Um, you know, the, the Pacers, I guess, did a great job sort of uh, hanging in there, but I felt like the this Chicago 40 minutes of hell type, you know, defense and offense was there definitely for the first six minutes or so of the, of the first or sorry that the third quarter oh my god um, the, the third quarter just starts horribly for us right so you yeah. get a jordan like just starts the the quarter off by splitting a double team and laying it in over smith's uh you've got uh a smith's turnover a mullen brick i mean not not a miss like a brick and then a reggie miller <laughs> brick um and at this point the bulls are on 11-0 run um, I believe we score at some point, but then Jordan hits us with back-to-back jumpers. And um, somehow, somehow, I don't know, just hitting free throws, um, we're still in this thing, It's uh, and we're tied with eight minutes to go. I don't know how we did it. Would they come out with that for- force? Um, I, I think it's just free throws. <laughs> it is a bunch of free throws, yeah. mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, That's some Dale Davis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dale Davis hit a jumper. Like an actual, it wasn't a dunk. It was like an actual jumper. I, I jumped out of my seat. 
He did. And again, I mean, it was like that second unit, too. Uh, again, coming in, Travis Best, uh, Jalen Rose, and Antonio Davis. Once they get into this, these games, they're so much more lively than um, the Bulls starters, especially at that point when they come into the game. Those guys are starting mm-hmm. to get a little bit drained, and you can definitely tell the energy difference and the speed of Travis Best um, is so killer on yeah. poor Steve and the, Kerr. And, like, and the size and athleticism of Rose actually gives Jordan a little bit of trouble. Totally, yeah. Uh, and he's unafraid. Rose is unafraid to you know make him work on the offensive end too, right? Yeah, so my notes right here are we're just staying in at the, uh, uh, at the line uh, on the back of Dale Davis because he basically he just keeps getting fouled. Um, and he gets us in the penalty really early, and we've yet to commit a foul with like six minutes left. So, um, you know, kudos to Dale Davis. Even if he wasn't hitting all his free throws, he was definitely getting us to the point where we could go to the line every time they fouled us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we head into the fourth quarter. The, the Pacers are up by one at this point. Uh and this fourth quarter is insane. It just goes back and forth and back and forth again, basically. Um, do we just want to fast forward to the end here? And the sure, you have I've, things well, I got a, I've got a little bit. Um, they just you're right. It's back and forth. Uh, we finally get a Reggie three um, in mm. the middle of the fourth, and you're like, oh, okay, now now he's going to take over. Uh, he doesn't. This to take is, the lead too. Yeah, yeah um, and but he doesn't take over. Um, you've just got a ton of Chicago old boards. Um, they're just hanging around. Uh, but this is this is on Smiths. I mean, he just is brilliant in this in this game in general, but also in this fourth quarter. Um, it's back to back jumpers off pick and rolls with uh, Best at the top of the key, um, which puts us up three. Um, and um yes yeah, smith's had a real brooke lopez game here uh 11 to 12 from the floor dropped 25 points and grabbed us uh two boards <laughs> <laughs> zero blocks uh, but you're right but, I mean, but was the key like with yeah, three minutes to go he only missed one shot exactly. so what are you gonna do with yeah. three minutes to go he, he uh there's a broken play he ends up with it and dunks uh and then you know Michael Jordan scores and answers, and then Smith's answers. You know we're tied mm-hmm. with a minute twenty to go, um, and then yeah, this is it's all tied up at eighty-seven with a minute twenty to go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, somebody for the Bulls got a stupid tech. Who I forget. Oh, it was uh, Harper. Harper gets a stupid technical foul. Yeah, um, and yeah. Michael Jordan Jordan lays almost into like him. rips his head off on the court. <laughs> Yeah, because that's a point, right? Reggie Miller's on the floor. He just goes to the line. Yeah, yeah. so I think I think they had Mullen shoot the technical, and then Reggie was going to the line. So we got three f- free points on that. That yeah, because Harper was mad that they called the foul against him on Reggie. So we just get three. Oh yeah, that's three, right. Three okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, and so then, it, sorry, it, we go into classic uh, Travis Best basketball. I think oh for a couple God. straight possessions. This is, this is classic best right here. Uh, where we're trying to run Reggie off a screen or something like that, get him open, 
or run some sort of action to get the ball into the post, but Chicago's a great defensive team, so they deny it. So it ends up best just dribbling around. One possession he drives in. Um, he throws up trash. Yeah, throws, just throws up, up trash. trash. Okay, that's the <laughs> complete trash one. Okay, right. Uh, luckily, uh, the Bulls get the ball, uh, call timeout, and then what? Jordan misses a shot on yeah, the next possession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was like well contested, if I'm remembering right. It was well contested. Jerry McKee is in the game at this point and playing fantastic defense okay. on Michael Jordan, right. I felt like. But like one of those shots that you're like, Jordan missed that? Like, yeah, I can't <laughs> right. believe that Jordan just missed that. It was definitely in his repertoire. He hits that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like this was the the series of plays as I was rewatching this is like, and I, I'm sure that I remember the narrative being spun was like, was this the fall of Jordan? Right, because there's mm. a few things that go wrong for Jordan down the stretch here. Anyway, so he misses that shot. Pacers get the ball back. Again, basically the same Travis Best possession, but this time Dribbles he drives for in the 24, lane. 24, 23 seconds. <laughs> and now he's got Steve Kerr on him. Yeah. Yep. And so, so he drives into the lane, which is good. He takes advantage of Steve Kerr, but then he like shoots this floater from the weirdest angle. And throws it. He's left-handed, but still, like, throws it up left-handed from the left side of the court. Uh, it banks high off the glass and then somehow goes in. I like watching that play and then rewatching like the highlights. I was like, I still don't know how he made that shot. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he makes that shot. Um, we're up. We're up two. We are up two at that point, right? Uh, Bulls have the ball now. They come down. Jordan misses a shot again, which is, mm-hmm. like, unheard of. We, this guy is looking very human at this point. But the Bulls, as is going to be a theme for the rest of this podcast, get an offensive rebound. Uh, and then this is the play where Jordan drives to the bucket, um, and there's dubious contact, and he gets a foul called because he's Michael Jordan. Right? Is that the play? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he nails two free throws. So now it's a tie game with 19 seconds left. Uh, and then what do you do? You're Larry Bird. You got <laughs> Rick Smith's is 11 for 12. On fire. You got uh, future Hall of Famer Reggie Miller on the floor. Whose number do you call in this situation? Harper. Third year point guard. <laughs> 5'11". At some point... Isaiah Thomas is calling the the feed that I watched, and at some point he's talking about the difference between Travis Best and Mark Jackson. He's like, you know, most point guards, they can pass off the dribble, <laughs> meaning they don't have to pick up their dribble, put two hands on the ball, and then pass it. And he's like, yeah, Travis Best can't do that. <laughs> I was like, that is not high praise for an NBA point guard. So... We didn't call. Did we call a timeout after Jordan made those free throws? Yes. Okay, we did. Okay. Yeah. And and I mean, just the offense is just ground to a halt for the last minute twenty. All it is is Travis Best dribbling out the clock and throwing up trash, and, and happens to get this miracle leaner banker to go in. Mm-hmm. You know. And then and so this one, he. I mean, you just yeah. got to put the ball in your point guard's hand and let it happen. Well, and, and <laughs> Phil, Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson was like, okay, they're just going. Trav Best here, so um, let me put Jordan on that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's put Jordan on it. Right. And Travis Best, to his credit, like kind of shakes Jordan, gets yeah, by gets him. Yeah, gets a step on He him. gets a step. Yeah. And Jordan uh, 
commits a, a pretty egregious region foul um, just before yeah. Dennis Rodman was going to step up and take a charge on Travis Best, who was kind of out of control at that point, right? Yeah. Oh, he was barreling um, into the lane for sure. <laughs> yeah. So not a great decision by Jordan. Travis Best are... Not a great decision by Best. <laughs> no, no. But I expected a bad decision for Best. I mean, like, that's... It's like a 100% chance of that. Right. He definitely, like, did not pay attention to what play was called in the huddle. He was just like, I got this, y'all. Don't worry. Yeah. Just um, one-on-one with MJ. I got <laughs> To his credit, he knocks down both free throws. Just very ballsy clutch free throws there. Um... Chicago calls timeout. There's eight seconds left. Pacers are up two at this point. Of course, you give the ball into Jordan. Uh, uh, let him go to work, and we get maybe the the luckiest no call, kind of in the hit. But it's I mean, there. it was one of those plays where it wasn't a foul, but usually they call that foul. So Derek McKee is For playing Jordan. defense. His he's too slow to move his feet to deal with Jordan's quickness. But it works to his advantage because Jordan trips over his foot that still hasn't moved, uh, falls down and loses the ball, and the Pacers get it and uh, hold on for the win there. Yeah, McKee, yeah. McKee hits uh, the first free throw and then misses the second one on purpose to get you to the final score, 92-89. Right. It's like weirdly anticlimactic because Trav Bess ends up winning it at the line and then Jordan just kind of falls down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you're like, wait, are we getting out of here with this? (laughs) We're getting out of here with this. My favorite part of this is Best uh, gets the uh, post-game interview. And Mm -hmm. uh, he shouts out his parents. And I was like, this is so great. Like, this is the first time he's ever been interviewed on national television, I'm sure. Right? That's right. First time he's ever won a game. Like, this is great. Like, um, and he's like, I want to shout out my parents and my uncle. (laughs) Like, oh, that's great. Um, Huge, huge win. Uh, and, and uh, you know, even though Travis Best can't run an offense down the stretch, he hits some really ballsy shots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a shot maker. I mean, sort of justifies, I mean, more than justifies uh, Bird's decision in this series to just stick with Travis Best down the stretch in fourth quarters, right? I mean, this game and in game four, he made a big shot, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but our offense doesn't really work when he's there. No, Travis Best makes me insanely nervous, even now. <laughs> yes. I know what's going to happen, and I'm nervous. Right? <laughs> I don't know how Larry Bird was doing it over there. <clears throat> no, I don't know. And we got super lucky that we got one of the rare, very error-prone human performances from Michael Jordan down the stretch in this game. I mean, he missed two shots that... He looked tired, man. He did look super tired, but like even at... You know, knowing what's going to happen, like, I'm like, mm. yes, I would put all of my money on Jordan making oh, that yeah. shot. Like, uh, and then, and then commits the stupid foul, and then, uh, you know, I, I guess he's unlucky when he falls down. But, but yeah, you never see that happen, though. Jordan doesn't fall right. down, right? Like, I mean, one, one of the this notes. This has not that, happened before. Yeah, yeah. One of the notes I made earlier, and I think probably in the third quarter, is that part of Jordan's brilliance, and watching this again is just, reminded of the fact that he has an utter sense of when to score or when to pick it up defensively and who to date. I mean, he just has an amazing sense of the game that you don't see in an average basketball player. And every time they needed a score or every time he needed to put, you know, um, 
you know, uh, his um, stamp on the game, he did it. And the rest of the time, he just let his team play. Um, but when when his presence needed to be felt, he just had a sense of doing it. And I remember in real life, that's why I – not in real life, but in real time. I remember that's why I feared Jordan so much. And I think that's probably why the league feared him so much because he just had a knack for – being in the right place at the right time and using his energy the right way. And so you do feel watching this game, you know, he keeps hitting the shot he needs to hit to keep the team in the game. He keeps making the defensive play or the offensive rebound. And so you're right, Jason, down the stretch, you're like, Jordan's going to beat us. Mm-hmm. He's just going to. He's managed this game perfectly. Yep. And then, and then yeah, he seems sort yeah. of human in the last minute and a half. I mean, true, but poor guy just didn't get a lot of help from his team. The Bulls, no, you know, while, while Michael Jordan is 12 of 23 from the floor and 10 of 11 from the line, 35 points, five boards, two assists, a steal, like just a Michael Jordan game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was uh, 9 of 13 overall, to start. Shoots. You know, I mean, he definitely he definitely yeah. got tired. Yeah. Um, but the team overall shoots, you know, 41%. And the only other guy who was really even 50% was Luke Longley, who was 5 of 10. Um, well, then credit to the Pacers there. I think that their strategy this entire series was very much akin to the, the bad boy Pistons, which is make Jordan work. And anytime he makes a cut through the lane, he's getting bumped. Anytime he goes to the basket, he's getting hit. Um, on When he plays defense... Um, at least after the first two games, the Pacers figured out, like, you know, we can't let him hide on Mullen. Like, we have to, like, keep moving people mm-hmm. around, right. um, setting screens on him, make him work on defense. And it yeah. and this game, it paid off. Because at the, like you said, Colson, the last few minutes, he was tired. He was super tired. He was gassed. Yeah. And we were playing every other night. I think we played the last four games in this series every other night. So it yep. ends up being, you know, four games in a week, basically, for these guys. Yeah. It basically um, game 95 of the season or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, you know, Bird definitely had the, you know, Michael Jordan's going to do what he's going to do, but shut everybody else down yep. sort of mantra. And we held Scottie Pippen to 6 of 18. Yep. 19 points on 18 shots. I mean, that's as good as you're going to do against a, for you sure. know, First ballot, no doubter, Hall of Famer. For sure. <laughs> right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> and it's interesting, uh, Colson, that you make that point about Jordan feeling a sense for the moment. And I know we're going to talk about this in the second half, but the documentary, The Last Dance, sort of one of the capstone um, conclusions that's made about Jordan is that he has this ability to be completely present in the moment. And. Maybe that's why having Phil Jackson, this ridiculous Zen Buddhist hippie guy as his coach was like work so well is because he was able to just be there and embrace the moment and not be afraid of anything, you know, like he was able to block out anxiousness or nerves or whatever, like those didn't exist for him because he was just experiencing the game as it happened kind of just had a job to do and was doing it right exactly yeah i was i was kind of reflecting on it like you know sure he's got a ton of game winners that we remember i mean that's part of it but you think about all of the franchises that he ripped their hearts out he didn't necessarily do all of that at the last second you know he did Mm. that over 
the game, understanding when the moment was that you needed to um, make a stop or hit a shot and and stop momentum and shut a crowd up. And he just was very gifted at, at controlling a game by himself um, and, and understanding how to use his teammates to do that as well. Like it's, he's really freaking good. <laughs> and I know at this point in his career, I mean, this is the very, you know, this is the very last dance for him. Right. I mean, I, he comes back as a wizard, but like this is, this is uh, his last push and um, his level of um, his instinct uh far outweighs his athleticism and he's still like one of the most best athletes in the game at this point still um mm-hmm. amazing yeah. he can still amazing. dunk yeah 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 and and he still gets his tongue out in this in this series he's still just embarrassing us like he just he does what he needs to do yeah i mean it's just one of the amazing things is just like you know watching that dude go in like he'll just fearlessly go in against four guys in the paint and find some sort of daylight in there yeah and somehow get a good look. I just, I repeatedly was like, how, how is he even getting that shot up? Let alone somehow it's like a good look. Mm-hmm. He just, I don't know. He he knows what he's doing when he starts moving his feet, right? He knows exactly what he wants to do. And he's just always a half a step ahead of everybody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He sees, uh, yep. Four steps ahead and mm-hmm. knows, not only does he know what's likely to happen, he knows all the potential branch points uh, and the way that they could go and how he's going to react to them, basically. Yeah. Um, what's that thing that Coach K said about LeBron? Dude's got a lot of windows in his house. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and can read all of that stuff at lightning speed in midair. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it seems like, right? Yeah. yeah. Upside down and backwards. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Up, like occasionally he'll just like luck his way into like a loose ball and like without even scanning the court, like he already knew where everybody was and just like find some wide open dude under the rim yep. without skipping a beat. You're like, what? Yep. I'm watching this on TV and I did not know that guy was there. <laughs> sure. Well, in your defense, you had low death. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, so the the only other note I have on this is this is a I mean this is a real um, a real stinker from old Reg, you know. And you wonder about how his ankle's doing, um, but we you know we often talk about Reggie and him showing up in these pressure moments in these playoff games. Um, and this is an elimination game, and he's nowhere to be seen. And if it wasn't for uh, the brilliance of Rick Smiths and from a career game from Dale Davis, we don't escape with this one. Yeah. And, I mean, and some heroics fair, he from jacked Beth. up 13 shots, even though he was broke. I mean, he was going to shoot. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want from, you know, your best player. Yeah. You want him to do that stuff, but he was not hitting. I mean, we're, we're definitely lucky to escape with this. Jalen Rose, while he didn't have a terrible game, he was still three of 10, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Chris Mullen, Contributes another 13 minutes and goes one of three with two points and nothing else. Oh, man. I mean, old they're, they're, Mullen. Old Mullen is not having a good series. I, I also I, I also love <laughs> that uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas Mullen. calls him Mullins every time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Chris Mullins. <laughs> old Zeke's. He's old different. Zeke's. <laughs> All right, but this your Indiana Pacers have forced the goat and the five-time defending champs to a game seven. 
anything can happen in a game seven. That's right. That's right. You guys want to take uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back and find out what happened in the exciting conclusion of the Eastern Conference Finals from 1998. Yeah, don't go- 50. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google it. Just wait to listen to it. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a few. So game seven, we got there. We're one one game away from the finals. We got Dude. there. That's right. Well, and we and we actually have uh, more collective uh, collective experience on our team with game sevens than the Chicago Bulls. We've been this because they win faster. <laughs> yeah, they win way faster. <laughs> but you know, uh, our 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 team uh, that had been together for a long period of time, we've gone through lots of game sevens uh, against the Knicks. Uh, we we previously lost to the uh, Orlando Magic a couple years prior in a game seven. Um, so we've got the experience of the pressure of a game seven on the road. I think we, we're going to take that and use it to our advantage. Correct. Well, it certainly looks like it from the beginning of this game. Um, anything can happen at Game Seven. We're in, we're back in Chicago. Um, uh, it, Jordan's uh, claim that the loss in Game Three was a bump in the road uh, is clearly now uh, a mountain that they have to climb, uh, and the Pacers. In the first six minutes of this ball game, play what I think is the six best minutes of Pacers basketball in franchise history. I was amazed watching this team play the first six minutes. They came out undeterred, very confident. Mark Jackson looks like the Hall of Famer point guard that he's going to be. Um... I think the Pacers didn't miss a shot until the how long did it take until like the four 
22 mark of the fourth first quarter or something like that right um the bulls look nervous Um, so here's what I have. Um, we're hitting everything. Start with Smits for a dunk, then Dale for a dunk, Jackson for a baseline, Reggie driving lane up, uh, layup, Dale abusing Kukoc in the post, Dale blocking MJ, Jackson for three, Davis again, twenty to eight. Like that's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just we're just dominating, um, and we're getting the Bulls in foul trouble. Um, you know. Pippen dunks what we respond. We're just steady. Um, Michael Jordan only has two points. Um, they put a little pressure on us, and then Reggie hits a huge three with 30 seconds to go. Like, you're right. This is – I mean, the second half of this quarter feels a little bit more like, you know, back and forth. But in general, it's a freaking amazing quarter. It Phil Jackson, the epitome of let's stay calm, let's ride out the storm, called a timeout after the first four minutes of this game. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, 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 guys. <laughs> Things are getting a little bit out of hand here. <laughs> like, who are you guys? I don't know what's going on. Uh, to their credit, the the Bulls uh, start to they, – they pick it up on the defensive end, right, which is where they, they excel. And they force a couple back-to-back turnovers to sort of get themselves – get the ship righted. Um, but the Pacers, yeah, end up closing out the quarter pretty good, right? Um think at the end of the first quarter yeah we're up 27 to 19 like if you would have told me that the Pacers would be up eight after a quarter in game seven against the Chicago Bulls I'd be like this is yeah there's no way that's happening hey on the road on the road yeah well so I mean we're in a game seven I mean we we kind of know what works for us right so we're just you know game plan wise we're just going back to the well here right just beat them up on the front lines um, you know, make sure that we're screening hard um, and, and, and just trying to loosen up that defense and keep them out of the passing lanes. Uh, and even though Rick Smith only takes a shot in this quarter, Dale Davis does his work down there, uh, creating all kinds of pressure around the rim. Chris Mullen even hits a shot. Whoa. Yeah, everybody's scoring. You know, like it, it, we're just moving the ball around, and it's the, you know, it's the kind of – um, equal offense that made us so dangerous this entire season and this entire playoff run. Yep. And Reggie look, looks fixed. Yep. He looks better, for sure. He looks way better. Three He's or four back. in the quarter, but just, yeah. He just he looks like himself, you know. Who knows what he was really feeling in that game six. He'll never tell us, but, you know. Ankle injuries, they tighten up. Like, <laughs> that was mm-hmm. probably, probably the worst it was for him on some level. So, well, and yeah, um, as you mentioned, I mean, this is every other night they're playing, right? So he doesn't even have a week before um, from game three to game six. Um, so, not a lot of time for his body to heal, for sure. Yep. But all good signs. I, I agree. Just an amazing first quarter of basketball. Really made a statement that, you know, we didn't come here to compete. We came here to win. That's right. That's right. Pacers, uh, okay, yeah, like I said, in the quarter with a, a an eight-point lead. Um, first couple minutes of the second quarter, sort of, you know, back and forth. Uh, Jordan checks in. The Bulls are down seven, uh, and they promptly go on a 7-0 run. <laughs> Michael Jordan got taken another game. Was like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. I got to do something, okay, mm-hmm. And then he came back in full Death Star mode 
Uh, and and in that in in hitting that uh, the tying layup, he passed Kareem um, in all time playoff scoring. Just yeah. just for fun <laughs> to tie the game as we we're unraveling. Indeed, indeed. Um, what happens next? The Pacers uh, actually don't fully unravel. They uh, play some decent defense, get back, um, and sort of trade for a couple minutes. Uh, buckets. Steve Kerr starts to make an appearance in this series. Uh, hits a couple threes in this quarter, and Jordan is just doing incredible things over and over again. He's just putting this team on his shoulder, his shoulders. As so usual. the two threes that Kerr hit, both of them come directly after a missed best three. So there's mm. huge turnarounds, right, um, on both of those possessions. Yeah, six point and, swing. Uh, Twice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ball's not going down quite as Mm-mm. efficiently for us, and uh, we are not doing a good job on the glass come the second quarter. Um, they really start gobbling it up. Just in this quarter, we gave up four boards to Scotty Pippen and Judd Butchler. We yeah. got eight minutes of second quarter time yeah, in Judd Butchler. game seven. Who, who hasn't really appeared in this series thus far, other than in Game For Five and the good the reason junk, <laughs> the junk period, but comes in and gives a a lot of effort uh, energy, um, which it was very disappointing to watch the Pacers not match that that level of energy. This game, throughout this game, I found myself yelling, "Get an effing rebound! Just get it!" just go get an effing rebound. Like there were so many opportunities to get loose balls and, and, and rebounds that we just let go by or the bulls. I mean, I guess to their credit out hustle us too. I mean, they were working hard, but it's a game seven. Like that's the level of effort you need. And given the experience that we had had in game seven, I sort of expected more from our yeah. team. Nine old boards in this court for Chicago. Yeah, that's where every other or every three lines of my notes, it's I can't believe we gave up another O-board or O-boards are killing us or goddamn (laughs) (laughs) O-boards. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and this is and this is the theme for the rest of the game, but it starts here in the second quarter. Um, Reggie, to close out the quarter, hits back to back huge shots uh, with under 40 seconds to go. Um, And we're only down three. And it could have been a lot worse. But, I mean, this is a huge turnaround from being up um, eight in the the first quarter to be down three at half. Um, And if Reggie doesn't hit those shots. Brilliant basketball to just getting abused. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) if Reggie doesn't hit back-to-back shots in the last 40 seconds, like, we're down eight. Yeah. Going into the perilous third quarter. (laughs) Right. Right. Where we have just excelled. Uh, yeah, I don't think I had any other comments there. Oh, I was going to say that the the Bulls were not only dominating on the offensive glass and getting offensive rebounds, but they were dominating the defensive glass. I mean, we got Mm. zero second chance opportunities. They just closed us out on possessions when they closed us out. Um, but you're right, Reggie Miller, um, stepping up. Having a great game uh, at this point, for yeah, sure. Exactly. In a game seven, like you want to see him have. Um, 
Now we move to the third. Uh, this quarter is the Tony Kukoc quarter. It is the Tony right. Kukoc quarter. Um, I um, my notes are Kukoc back to back jumpers. Kukoc three. Uh, Reggie for three, having a good game. Kukoc again for three. F that guy, and I didn't write F. <laughs> Taken after your idol. Uh, yeah, LeVar Burton, for sure. But, I mean, that's basically, I mean, he just takes over for for the first half of that, that third quarter and puts us on our back. I mean, Mullins missing wide open jumpers back to back. Um, but we're still only six down with five to go in this quarter. Um, we're still in it. But our offense has completely stalled. Um, we're just we're missing open jumpers and um, Kuko just scoring at will. So yeah, Mark Jackson had a rough quarter, one of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not but bad. I mean, we did good work on MJ. He only got you know he was one of five from the floor. He got the line a couple times, but he missed two of the four. So um, you know. Doing a good job on Mike. It just Kukoc really got away from us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, he he. I have notes again. So uh, Bulls go huge. Haven't seen this lineup before. Michael Jordan, Pippen, Kukoc, Rodman, and Longley is the five on the floor. Um, and if you want to talk about rebounding, <laughs> if you want to talk about how to how to outmuscle uh, the Davis boys, that's how to do it for sure. Um, and then Kukoc again for three. Um, and then Dale Davis keeps going to the line. He keeps getting fouled. Uh, at this point in the third quarter, he's three of ten, mm. uh, which will um, be an issue down the stretch. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Pacers don't lose a ton of contact. That they were down, got down by eight at one point, um, and sort of uncharacteristically, the Pacers in this game. Well, until the fourth quarter, I guess we're closing quarters decently well, right? Like so, we close the 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 second the third quarter. Sorry on a on a four zero run, if you will. Um, Dale Davis making one of two free throws a couple times and a Travis Best layup, um, but that gets us to within four. Um, and then Jalen Rose comes out of the into the fourth quarter, um, makes a couple shots, and all of a sudden we're it's a tie ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're right back in this, right? We're on eleven and a run. Yeah, uh, yeah, because we, we extend it even further, right? Yeah, to take a, a three point lead, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Smith hits an and one, and we're up. right. Okay, we're up three. Right, we're up three. It's an eleven and a run. Uh, Foul uh, trouble starts to take over. Yes, it okay. does. Right as this as this quarter, so I think we get into the. Bonus around eight minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I think we get in there early. Um, Pippen has fouls. Longley has fouls. And Rodman, I think, gets his fifth in this quarter, too. Um, and then on our side, um, Antonio Davis gets his fifth. McKee has McKee, five. Smiths. Yes. Smiths and Dale, right? Uh, yep. Dale ends up. Uh, does he foul out? Uh, Antonio Fowler. No, Antonio Fowler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, Dale's just got a couple. Yeah. 
Okay. But uh, yeah, they're, they're basically a parade to the free throw line for That's much right. of the fourth quarter. Yeah, refs, refs not swallowing the whistle in a game seven like they not swallowing the whistle and the you know. <sighs> Phil Jackson seems like he's willing to employ a Hackadale <laughs> sort yeah, of mentality. For sure. A little bit. A sure. little bit. Because yeah. um, he's and, not shooting free throws very confidently. Well, and we pulled Dell out to, to let Antonio be in there. And then Antonio fouls out, and you got to put Dell back in. So, yeah, now we're back at Hackadale for sure. Um, my notes are that uh, Jackson's actually seeing minutes in the late fourth quarter. They put him back mid fourth, um, which is the first time we've seen this since, what, game two? Best has played the entirety of all the fourth quarters. Um, and it looks like that, um, you know, Bird is sort of willing to ride his veteran down the stretch on in this game seven, um, which is an interesting move compared to what we've seen earlier in the series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then here, what I think is the turning point of the game is uh, the Pacers are up three, uh Bulls have the ball coming down. Pacers playing great defense. Jordan drives into the lane, and there's like eight dudes around him. Somehow we skirted the rules, force a loose ball, and then it. Um, <laughs> and it, Rick Smiths, uh, was it Rick Smiths that fell on Jordan and almost like absolutely uh, broke his leg, uh, snapped his knee in half. It looked <laughs> like right. I do not know how that dude was in one piece after that. I don't either, but kudos to him because he does not, you know, break his leg. And he is able to tie up Rick Smith and, and force a jump ball. But at this point, you're a Pacers fan, and you're like, oh, man, that was a great defensive possession. We're up three. We're, our seven-footer is jumping against uh, Jordan here. Hopefully we'll get this ball, and we'll come down and make a shot. We'll, we can go up five like, uh, with six minutes left. Like, Let's get control of this game. Uh, Smith wins the tip in that he's able to tip it. But he doesn't tip it to anywhere close to where a Pacers are. He tips it, like, right to Scotty Pippen. Yeah, he had Scotty yep. Pippen circled the whole time. <laughs> you think they did, the, like, the little uh, looking yeah. at you? Like, eye contact. Yep. Yeah. 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 Coming to you, buddy. Coming right. to you. Stay open. And... Stay open. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls come down... Um, Actually, miss a shot, but get a offensive o rebound. boards again. Because, of course, yeah, they get an offensive so rebound. so many O-boards. And uh, find a wide-open Steve Kerr, and he nails a three, and it's a tie ball game. Mm-hmm. So it's base, It's not quite a five-point swing, but it's it feels like a five-point swing, kind of. But uh, the following, following possession, we also miss an O-board, and Pippen hits a wide-open jumper. Like, we just, the, the offensive rebounds are just absolutely killing us in this game. Yep. So we go from up three to down two based on these offensive rebounds. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and then we turn the ball over, and then there's another possession where we give a, an offensive rebound. Uh, luckily, Jordan misses two free throws somehow. I don't yeah, know that how, was weird. That was very weird. Guess he's just tired or something there's like that. a lot of fatigue. Yeah. But no harm, no foul. We can't take advantage. Um uh, Bulls get a bucket again. The next possession, Luke Longley hits a jumper. 
out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, from like 16. He's like, what, what is going on? Then we turn the ball over again. <laughs> we, like, we also we also get to this weird thing where like McKee's basically running our point down the stretch, and it does not go well. Um, he's got two turnovers, one where he throws it away, and then when he travels, basically in the last four minutes. Or, yeah, well, so like he, from, from four minutes to three minutes. That's right. So here's the other thing. So throughout this series, Bird has gone with this philosophy that uh, I'm going to keep Travis Best in the game and use his speed um, to dribble out the clock. It's almost like a running game. He's like, I'm just going to kill time because Travis Best <laughs> is going to dribble at the top of the key and then dribble in and, like, you know, he'll score half the time or, like, maybe we'll actually get an open jump shot. But in this game, he decides to pull Travis Best with five minutes left and put Mark Jackson in. Which, not that Mark Jackson played poorly, but but like you said, if the, if the idea is uh, I'm going to put Mark Jackson in to put the ball in his hands because he's a, a better point guard than Travis Best is, like why is Derek McKee... Doing all this ball handling at the top of the key. And if right. this is your plan... Why not put in Jalen Rose? Like this for me, this is the moment where I'm like, Jalen Rose, this whole series has been unafraid. He's he's not back down to Jordan. He's an extra ball ball handler. He's got athleticism. If you can't keep the ball in Mark Jackson's hands, even if that's your plan, if you skip the best plan and say, look, we're going with Mark Jackson because he's our veteran, you need to have that other ball handler because they're giving it to McKee down the stretch and he's just coughing up the rock. Right. At key moments where where you feel like Rose at least can handle the ball. Yeah, and this is a winnable game. Yes, like this is yeah. very winnable. We're it's only a down two score at this point, or down two. You know, yeah. like we are with right three in minutes this. to go. Right, exactly. Yeah, and we have Reggie Miller. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, won a couple games for us in the past down the stretch. Now, okay, the Bulls are up four. Um, come back down go to smith's he gets the line hits a couple uh now it's free throw trading time again uh and jordan hits a couple uh what happens here oh we actually get an offensive rebound off of a reggie miller miss ad ad tips it in no this is this is just everybody's going to the line well so pippen gets an and one goes to the line yeah misses but then jordan gets the offensive rebound because of course he does so that sequence is nuts like first of all that shot that scotty pippen hit was yes. insanity. Was mm-hmm. insane. Yes. Yep. He's driving down the right side of the, not the lane, but sort of outside the lane. Just on the edge. Just on the edge. Gets fouled and is like heading like towards the baseline and chucks it up like a weird, it's like he shot a jump shot sideways, kind of, <laughs> and makes it. Like it's the friendly mm-hmm. roll. Because that's what you get from that angle. Yeah. And just brutal, right? Just yes. brutal. And then goes and the line. And that's AD's sixth foul. Six and that's foul, AD's sixth sure. foul on yeah. top, right? So just add insult to injury. Then he goes the line, misses. Michael Jordan fights through five pacers to rip down the board and reset the shot clock. I mean, just kill him. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we're down four, right? Yes, down four at this point. Um, With like we, a two minutes, no, let's, a minute and a half left, basically. Uh, we turn the ball over. 
Uh, Michael Jordan misses, but gets an offensive rebound because why not? And then uh, Derek McKee misses a three. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Cause, yeah, I don't cause know why that why, was. Why is he taking threes? Cause, I mean, cause why not? He, he there was wasn't, open, man. At that point, You're something good. We needed something good reason. to happen. I mean, our last four minutes offensively are an absolute disaster. We put in Total. Mark Jackson to run our offense, and what ends up happening is we put the ball in Derek McKee's hands for the last four minutes to run our offense. We have nothing. There's no post-ups. There's no Reggie action. Reggie didn't even touch the ball the last four minutes. Like this Reggie is, Miller has one shot in the fourth quarter of a game seven. We can't, we can't get him the ball. Nothing. Our offense just dis, uh, disintegrates in the last four minutes. And every, and every time the Bulls miss, they get their own O-board and just stretch out the clock. It's, yep. it's an absolute choke job. For sure, in the last four minutes, or it's great Bulls defense, and it's the will of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen to get offensive rebounds and get to the line. I mean, you can say that we lost to greatness, but we don't have a single decent play in the last four minutes of this game. Yep, I would agree with that. Do you think? Do you think all the Bulls wins uh, across their you know entire reign were uh, the result of choke jobs? <laughs> I mean, there's an argument to be made. Okay. Uh, Hot take. I like it. (laughs) The Bulls in this game, their offensive rebounding percentage. So that means the opportunity, the number, the percent chance that when the Pacers miss a shot, when the Bulls miss a shot, that they will get the rebound. 42.3%. Oh, my God. Almost half the time. That they missed, that is, they got their own rebound and got another chance. You cannot have that happen when you're playing the five-time. The fact that this game yeah. was this close like, did, is unbelievable. Why didn't we lose by I mean, 30? Well, we held the Chicago Bulls to 38% shooting on the night. Mm. Yeah. And they missed a ton of free throws. They were 24-41. Mm. The only reason they were able to escape with this is just utter domination on the glass. Because without all those second chances, I mean, we only shot, you know, uh, what did we shoot? We shot 48%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, We didn't shoot very well from the line, though. We were were great from the line. Low 60s there. Uh, But again, if we didn't give them, you know, those 16 extra extra chances. (laughs) An extra 22 opportunities. 22, yeah, exactly. 22 offensive rebounds. Some of those came, you know, multiple times in the same possession, which are extra backbreakers. Um, and and the flip side, the Pacers didn't grabbed only four offensive rebounds. Right? right. I mean, so so just as dominant as the Bulls were getting offensive rebounds, they were closing down every possession that the Pacers mm-hmm. had. Every time we missed a shot, that was it. We got one chance, and that was it. I mean, we did a pretty good job taking care of the rock. Yeah, we right. only had twelve turnovers, which against you know, maybe this the team? greatest defense. Ever <laughs> pretty amazing, assembled, right? Right next to the O four Pistons or whatever. Yeah, but just brutal to lose the rebounding <clears throat> battle, and you know, we didn't even lose that rebounding battle to Rodman. We lost it to Pippen. Yeah, and Jordan and Longley. Yep. 
so the Bulls win this game. Michael Jordan goes to, you know, and the Bulls go to their sixth finals. They prevail over the Utah Jazz. Yeah. So I guess Joey hasn't watched uh, The Last Dance, but um, can we t- spend, like, five minutes talking about, like, the Pacers episode of The Last Dance? Have you seen it, uh, Colson? Yeah, we could we could do this like a underwatchables and try to convince Joey that he should see it. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Um I thought it was really cool. Like the the, the whole documentary is pretty amazing. It it was gripping television. Um Jordan is a as we have discussed on this podcast before, a, a psychopath and uh this documentary does not shy away from that, even though it's like produced by Michael Jordan. Um, the guy's the ultimate competitor. Um, holds grudges. Still. Decades. Yes. Yeah, still. Still. Still mad at Scottie Pippen for having a migraine in uh, nineteen ninety. Super mad at Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Can't get over Hates that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and is viciously mean to everyone because he wants them to be tough enough to win. I mean, in fairness, it's mostly Scotty Burrell. Scotty Burrell. Um, he also... <laughs> he also uh, slugs Steve Kerr. You know. Um, there's stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve Kerr turned, turned out gracious. okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, friends, they're friends after Steve Kerr stood up for himself, apparently. You can't back down from Michael Jordan. Sometimes yeah. you gotta get hit in the face, apparently. apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just hit some huge shots. I think uh, Jordan likes that too. Also helps. Although Jordan probably thinks that he hit the shots because he was kind enough to hit him in the face. Right. <laughs> I. I mean, <laughs> I, definitely compelling television. There's no two ways oh, about for it. Sure. I read a. I read a review on like Slate or something. There's no one listens to this who isn't a basketball nerd. I'm sure, but. Um, you know, this guy who wrote this review in Slate was like, I, I knew who Michael Jordan was. I didn't know Scottie Pippen was on that team, but this is just good TV. Mm-hmm. Like, it's compelling. The p- characters are super complex. I mean, I already knew Michael Jordan was a crazy person. So it was actually useful to me to see him, you know, at least occasionally be human, you know? Um it's easier for me to like Mike now than it was before. I agree. I, I liked him more after this. Um, you know, I, I, there was some concern apparently by him when he put out some of this old footage that people would start despising him and seeing him as a, you know. But, like, the thing is, is we already knew this stuff. We knew he was a crazy asshole. And yeah, but I found him a little really bit. really hard to not show that to us for sure. a lot of years. No, he did, <laughs> for sure. But I, but I found him more human um, after seeing him talk about all this stuff. One, and we knew that because we're basketball nerds. You know, like his, the thing that made Jordan Jordan was that, you know, your grandmother knew who Michael Jordan was. Sure. I mean, not your your grandmother is a good sports fan. Oh, yeah. Of course, my grandmother. My grandmother. My grandmother. My grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I remember a stat back in, uh, we found this out in college, right? Harper, it was that they did. I, I don't know how they do these things, but they, they the three most recognizable faces in the world, not in the United States, mm. in the world, were um, Mickey Mouse, Jesus, and Michael Jordan. I thought it was Ronald McDonald. Oh, maybe it was Ronald McDonald instead of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. whatever. 
He was yeah. very popular. But I think it was Michael Jordan and then Jesus. Yeah, exactly. No, Michael Jordan <laughs> before Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure it's a super high quality poll, but just to give you yeah, a flavor exactly. right. of how pervasive Michael Jordan's presence is on the planet Earth, right? Like, And this is pre-internet, basically. Yeah, yeah. and it was incredibly carefully cultivated. Um, and and he didn't want you to see that he was this psychopath. Um you know, and he didn't want to take sides in political issues, and he didn't. He was just he was just the perfect basketball player and an attractive, charming guy who did ads, right? And so, um, yeah. maybe he was nervous about letting the universe see that he wasn't just those things. He was that was all cultivated. In fact, he was an mm-hmm. incredibly competitive guy to the point that it's debilitating to him. <laughs> <laughs> and to the people around him. I mean, he's a pretty high functioning dude. For sure, for sure. But um hey, you know, billionaire and whatnot. Yeah, it's right. not bad. And what always impressed me or what what re uh amazed me as a as a person that needs like nine hours of sleep a night to function normally <laughs> is that like Jordan can do these things can be the best basketball player that the planet earth has ever seen and he'll be like play 36 holes of golf and then go out to the casino the night before dropping 55 in the garden or something like that yeah and you're just like what how do you i don't understand it it's crazy like yeah. There's there, there's some Zen lesson here about uh, you know staying out of his own headspace by being or too tired like, to think about it. Like I don't I don't know. There's something. I mean, there's something. There's that. But then I think people. Some people are just wired that they don't need that sleep or recuperation or whatever it is. Like yeah, like I remember Doris Young, American Treasure, uh, telling stories about. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Franklin and mm. Ben Franklin was so amazing. Cause he like got three hours of sleep a night or something like that's that. That's all he needed. Could, yeah. Like, function. And that's like all he needed. And like, he could just do all these amazing things. Of course he like napped during, you know, congressional sessions or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who <laughs> can blame him? Yeah. <laughs> congressional Congress there. was boring. Boring. Yeah. It's not parliament. <laughs> We're just setting up a new, system of government who cares um but okay so but really interesting to me in this documentary was the episode nine which is basically so the so this the series like sort of progresses through time right and and ends with the the sixth championship and so episode nine is that mostly centered on the pacers this pacer series that we just discussed and the eastern conference finals which it was revealed to us that this was largely viewed by Jordan and by many of the other Bulls players as the toughest series of them all that they uh, faced, maybe since those early pi- uh, Pistons series. Yeah, and that's, and that's which what I guess says. I never had an appreciation for that. Um, yeah. So they have video of the time, and he comes out of the, you know, um, off the floor and after the game seven and he says to the locker room that's the toughest series we've played as long as i've been here right and 
and you're like, oh, okay, maybe you just said that in the heat of the moment because they just escaped a game seven. But when they interview him later about it, he says exactly that. It was the toughest uh, series they ever played outside of the Detroit Pistons, uh, you know, in the 90s or in the you know late 80s, early 90s. So basically the entirety of his dominance, um, this is the toughest series that he had was with us. So... That's Which makes awesome. me super sad that we only got to see this once, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we only got a Reggie Miller-Michael uh, Jordan duel one time. But no, it seems like, it seems so against the odds that two teams that were making the playoffs every year um, right. would see each other just the one time. I mean, it's sort of a, I mean, it's a, it's the luck of the draw, right? But it's a, a sort of sad historical bad luck situation because I, I would have watched 10 of those mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. it's a fantastic series you know and um, we we should have won that one if we got another crack at them mm-hmm. you know we might have sure. had just enough in the tank to get over the top yep or who knows if we had played them a few years before that when the team was much less mature uh, Michael Jordan would have ripped Reggie Miller's heart out and psychologically mm-hmm. damaged him, and we never would have had a chance. You know, like yeah. who knows? <laughs> he would have Scotty Burrell him. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I thought that I thought that was super cool. Um, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it was super fun. I mean, I don't think that they. I, I think that they kind of pushed the timeline on this thing because of you know pandemic stuff. Um, but I'm super thankful that they did. It was a great thing to have to be able to watch being stuck at home for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think the initial plan was to release it during the finals. What would have been the NBA finals. Um, which is a sweet move by Jordan. Because let's say the, the LeBron Lakers would have been in the finals and, and Jordan's just like undercutting him. <laughs> Still competing. Uh, I'm the goat, you know, uh, winning. Let, let us not forget. So, uh, my, one of my memories of, uh, game seven, I, I think I told you that I was, um, working at an ice cream shop at this point. Um, and that I'd listened to, uh, the excitement of game four on the radio. Um, I was watching this this game at home, and uh, through the first quarter, we were up 27-19. And I remember turning to my father and saying, do you believe this? We actually have a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Like, I really, you really could taste it in that corner, you know. And I picked up my TV from my room, uh, just one of those little tubes, you know, little tube TV. And uh, I drove to the ice cream shop where my uh, high school girlfriend... Uh, Emily Adams was working the shift and I just sat down and plugged in the TV at the ice cream shop. You gotta remember, the city shut down. Nobody went outside for these games. Nothing's changed, apparently. It was like quarantine before quarantine. (laughs) It was. When there was Pacer games on against the Bulls uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, the city shut down. And so, we just sat there and watched the whole thing on on my little TV uh, on Rabbit Ears. And the only person that came in was one dude and was like, oh, my God, the Pacer game's on? And then ran out the door and didn't even buy ice cream. <laughs> um, but I, was, I had done that because I was so convinced that we were going to win. I didn't, there, are, there are games in the history of my fandom where I'm pretty sure we're going to lose, and I usually listen to those on the radio alone. <laughs> but 
this one I was pretty confident. I was feeling pretty cocky going up mm. against Jordan and Pippen. Uh, well, I think I think had we won that game seven, we would have been the first ABA team. Is that right? Yes, first ABA to, team to, to, go to, to make the, the finals. finals. Uh, the yeah. Spurs get there the next year. The next year, yep. We just yep. missed our window on that particular historical footnote. Although they also crushed our dreams by winning a championship that year. So suck at San Antonio. Right. It's hmm. for you, Joe. What was that for? Just for fun. What Just for San funsies. Antonio, what did San Antonio ever do to you? Beat me to the punch. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure they learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. If not, we'll show them next time. I was to say, like, <laughs> if there's a problem, Harper, uh, you know, you may, maybe you won't show up to, to defend them. Exactly. San Antonio's on their own this week. Oh. They're going to have to rely on the National Guard. I know. Tough sled. You're not going to be there to pee on the Alamo for him? No. <laughs> and my, my sage thinking at this moment in time is that the, that may not de-escalate things. <laughs> it's my enough. sage analysis. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, gentlemen, you got anything else uh, to drop on us? Yeah, nowhere urinating on the Alamo. That's a wrap, buddy. <laughs> That's a curtain call right there. Mm-hmm. I think the little the guy with the hook is from coming from the uh, side of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you, can you can you buy one of those big hooks? You got to somewhere, right? I mean, if not, we can certainly craft one. I feel like you, this has got to be a, a standard issue for the th- for the theater. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, that was the exciting conclusion of the 1998 Pacers-Bulls Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I'll tell you what, Bulls never look good again. That's true. I, we did uh, destroy them uh, emotionally. And uh, I think they, they were like, you know what? I we, mean, they broke up the team. Yeah, we can't come back because there's no way we beat the Pacers next year, right? So we just shut it down. We yeah. ended the Bulls' run even though we didn't win this series, I think. Right. Michael Jordan uh, was like, you know what? I'm going to call it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to embarrass myself next year by getting swept by the Pacers. Right? I don't want to go yeah. out like that. This, this was, I think, our best chance. Like, I know we go to the finals two years later. Um, I know that that we've gone to game seven so many times, but I really do believe that if, if you beat the bulls on their home court in game seven, I think we take care of business against the, uh, the dumb Utah jazz. (laughs) (laughs) The jazz were pretty fucking good. Yeah. And they had a bunch of rest. Yeah. And they had already been there once. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, it was it was one of our really good chances. <laughs> yeah. I agree. We've it had would have lots been a of big them. left. Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, if you'd like to make any recommendations or any feedback and whatnot, hit us up on social media. John Colson is now uh, he is the uh, trainee for uh, your assistant to the executive uh, social media czar. Ooh, uh, yeah. I've been that promoted. Was many words. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, tr- you're a trainee to the assistant, I think. Sounds important. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, better than shitbag, so- which is what you used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do retain that title. <laughs> okay, right. good. I'm only training to get out of that. You still wear your shitbag hat. Uh, and you a, a new hat to wear. Your email signature just gets longer. <laughs> More responsibilities. <laughs> sure. Right. Pays the same. Yeah, you're, you're still working oh, for exposure. Good, uh, good, good. And that doesn't mean you get to expose yourself. Um, we're on Facebook.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Unbeatables. Our website, TheUnbeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. Um, you can email us. Shout out at TheUnbeatables.com. Uh, wherever you're listening, you can rate and view us. It helps new people find the show. And uh, usually on the podcast, app, podcast apps, you can uh, share a specific episode uh, with a Pacer fan in your life. And on our website, we also have uh, t-shirts on the website slash store. For our once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Stay safe out there, Pacer Nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Party's over because uh, it's curfew. <laughs> it's curfew. Right. We guess the goat. Long past curfew. And wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, giraffes rarely lie down. They even sleep and give birth standing up. Giraffes have tongues that are 18 inches long and hearts that weigh 24 pounds. Mm. Giraffe facts. Heart- uh, since you're learning, <laughs> le- you're learning Twitter, you can, you can say hashtag giraffe facts. <laughs>